have your Bibles available or your electronic device, uh, you can um, open up with me to uh, Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. I know you've probably never read this scripture before. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. The, the scripture tells us here, Without faith it is impossible to please Him. The Him he's talking about is God. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Amen. I heard somebody say one time, you cannot be a diligent seeker of God without first believing that He is. Amen. How many of you know when you pray, you have to, by faith, because you can't look out there and actually see God, but you have to approach Him by faith. After all, if you stop and think about it, we talk to people all the time that we can't see. How many of you get on the phone at least once a day? Okay. You know? Or you, you know, you're talking to someone that's upstairs in your house, but you're downstairs. You don't see them, but you hear them. Right? So why is it strange for us to be able to talk to somebody that we can't see? Praise God. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. Now, he's not talking about little furry animals. Okay. Brother Dave, it's good to see you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Um, he's talking about, he's using an allegory, an example. My sheep, he said, I am the good shepherd. And we are his sheep. And he says, my sheep hear my voice. Amen. Now, it's kind of interesting. I think I mentioned this before, but I actually saw a video that verified this over in Turkey. Okay. And there's still, to this day, in the country of Turkey... They have a lot of shepherds and that have sheep and stuff on, on the, you know, I, I know people that have been there recently, and, and it's as, exactly like it was 2,000 years ago, you know. you got a shepherd out there in the field with a bunch of rocks and shrubs and stuff, and he's got a, a herd of sheep out there. And they, they did an example to, to, to illustrate how this actually works. So they had all these sheep in this pen, okay. Look, looked to me, I saw it on video, it looked like about 100 sheep. And uh, different people came over. They were, they were there. I think I played the video one time years, a while back, you know. And they would say, hey, sheep, come here, come here. And, and they would just keep grazing. They wouldn't even look up. They wouldn't give it, pay attention. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and three or four people went over and they yelled at the sheep. They didn't respond, you know. But then the shepherd of the sheep went over and he made this, some kind of a call that he made. And I mean, every one of those sheep looked up and they ran towards the gate where he was. Just to show you that God's people, His sheep, we are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Amen. The Bible says that. And I believe that God communicates in a way that we can hear what He's saying. Amen. Now, the greatest mistake that a lot of people make is they think that, you know, in order for God to communicate, or in order for God to talk to you, that it has to be some thunderous voice like when Jesus was being baptized, he said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. You know, everybody heard that. You know what I mean? That is not the normal way that God speaks. Now, certainly he can speak in an audible form. Now, I've never heard, personally, I've never heard the audible voice of God knows with these two ears, okay? But I have heard him in my spirit. You have heard him in your spirit. Hallelujah. And sometimes you can shrug it off to being, maybe that's just me. 
Or maybe that's just my thoughts. Okay? But here's the thing. I want to pose this to you. How many of you know if somebody lives on the inside of you, they're going to influence you? Okay? Now, when I was in college years ago, many years ago now, you know, I had a couple of roommates. Okay? And uh, we affected one another because we lived in the same place. Okay? Now, if somebody lives and takes up residence and lives on the inside of you, I can tell you this, you will hear them. They will speak to you. And sometimes the way God speaks to you may not be in a way that you're familiar with. It may not be uh, in a spectacular form, but it is always supernatural. All right? Now, God, this isn't my subject here today, but, you know, God can speak through impressions. Many times when I'm praying especially praying in the spirit, praying in other tongues, the spirit language, the, the Lord will put impressions in my spirit. He'll put something in there. And it's not a word, it's just an impression. How many know what, what I'm talking about? An impression or a thought or an idea. But a lot of times we can kind of push that aside thinking, well, you know, maybe that's just me. Well, let me say that like this. What if it's not just you? Amen? Now, we've been talking about uh, since the start of the year, uh, outside of the snow days that we've had, <laughs> okay? We've been talking about the name of our, our, our topic is here, how to live from the inside out. How to live from the inside out. And, and a subtitle for that will be how to function from the inner man. So in order for us to be successful this year, and I believe with all of my heart, make no mistake about it, I believe with all my heart, God wants all of us to live on a higher plane, on a higher level, more successful this year. Amen? Last night I was communicating. I was invited to speak in a, to one of the gentlemen that comes to our church, has a business, and, and he, had, he had a year-end business dinner, that type of thing, and they asked me to come and speak uh, to them late last night. And uh, what, what a blessing it was. And, uh, and I shared with them some things about how to distinguish when God's speaking to you, how to know when God's speaking to you. That's, a, that's something that everybody's interested in. How do you know when God's talking to you? But this year, you know, for it to be successful, we have to learn more than ever as Christians to be governed from the inside out. Now, I made mention of the fact, and I'll say this again, uh, that's how I learned when Kenneth Brother Hagin was teaching us he would repeat things over and over again, okay? He would say things. And uh, Brother Mark Hankins said, if you, get if you get tired of repetition, he goes, uh, then you don't have a revelation of what's being said, amen? And so I would know sometimes Brother Hagin would get up and say, so I knew exactly where he was going to go. I knew the example he was going to use. But, you know, if you make, we make that adjustment on the inside, say, look, I know I've heard this before, but I'm going to hear it in a different way, in a different light this time. I'm going I'm to get more out of this. Amen? You know, it's kind of like reading your Bible, you know. You can mentally read your Bible. You know, you can pick one chapter, for example, in the New Testament. That's what I do. Read one chapter a day in the New Testament. Meditate on that. You can mentally pick a book up like that, the Bible and read it and get a little bit out of it, you know. But here's the thing. If you ask the Lord to help you see something in that chapter you haven't seen before, Man, I'm telling you what, some things are going to come off the pages. Amen? Wigglesworth, Smith Wigglesworth said this. He said some people read the, now he's an Englishman, you know. He said some people read the, the Bible in Greek. Others read it in Hebrew. He goes, but I read it in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> so I know what he's talking about. 
So I, I, I've done this and I've proven this over and over again. And I was sharing this last night with these people that were there, these men and women that were there as well. And I said, before you read a chapter, ask the Lord to open your eyes. Ask Him to show you things you haven't seen before in this particular chapter. You may have read it hundreds of times or many times. But all of a sudden, if you ask the Lord, Lord, open my eyes. And so you go to that chapter and you start to read it methodically, slowly. Don't rush through it. You know, not like the Evelyn Wood speed reading course that they used to have years. Remember that? <laughs> Ever since I took the Evelyn speed reading course, I've slowed down. <laughs> that was back in the 70s. You remember that? Some of you remember that. I don't know what happened to Evelyn Wood. I, don't, I have no idea. But speed, we don't want to speed read, but we want to read things methodically and slowly in the Holy Ghost. And when we ask Him, after all, how many books do you read that you know the author personally? Or better yet, how many books do you read that the, the author actually lives in you? No one else can say that except Christians. The difference between us as Christians and every other major religion in the world is the God that we worship literally comes to live on the inside of us. And so a Holy Spirit lives in you just like a baby lives in a mother. The Holy Ghost, God lives in you and he can, you can see through His eyes when you're reading the Bible and you'll see things you never saw before. I've proven this over and over again. I'm like, wow, I didn't see it quite like that. That's called revelation knowledge. Now, Here's what I want to share again that we shared the last couple of times that we are here. Spirit of God spoke this to me um, six, seven months ago, something like that. I woke up four or five o'clock in the morning. It was something like it was really early. I just remember that. And it seems to be that's, that happened to me this past week. There was something the Lord showed me this week. I was I had nothing on my mind at all. I woke up and all of a sudden I hear, I start seeing this thing and I start hearing these words in my spirit. Not with these ears, but in my spirit. And the Lord said this to me about six months ago. He said, the, the epicenter of all of God's activity is in the born-again human spirit. Remember I said that? Now, I'd never used that phrase before, that word before. Now, I've heard it before in reference to like a, uh, an earthquake, you know, like the center. And so, uh, we looked up the word epicenter, and it means the, the core, the center, the hub, the center point. Where, they, where it broadcasts from, just like a TV station has an epicenter. In other words, they broadcast like, for example, the Christian station that's in Pittsburgh, right? They broadcast out of, uh, is it Walpier, I think it is, you know? And then it goes around the world, all right? Now, God, God's headquarters, man, God's headquarters is in us. When you got saved and you got born again, you didn't just get your sins wiped away like a big chalkboard. That's part of it. But he says, I'm going to take up residence and I'm going to move on the inside of you in the person of the Holy Ghost. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. Say, Christ in me, Christ in me. is my hope. Now, the reason we have a hard time overcoming obstacles in life, we all have obstacles, right? We talk about them. We have songs about them. There's a lot of country songs about obstacles, you know. Someone said, if you want to get your dog back, your wife back, your money back, play a country song in reverse. <laughs> that's about right, right? But see, there's a lot of stuff out there that's discouraging. There's a lot of stuff out there that's, that's meant to pull you down. 
But if we listen to God, if we listen to the Holy Ghost who lives on the inside of us and become God inside minded, there's nothing that you and I can face ever in life where God does. You know, you know God's never puzzled. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's just say it this way. God has never said, uh-oh. <laughs> you know? Now, now, if your tax man comes to you and says, uh, uh-oh. <laughs> A surgeon comes to you and says, uh, uh-oh. Right? But God has never, ever been puzzled or baffled. Maybe that's a better word. By your and my problems. Never. God has never been baffled or puzzled or said, uh oh, in regard to your problems, ever. You can never go to God and say, you know, Lord, I've got this issue, I've got this problem. He's not going to sit there and scratch his head and say, you know, we forgot to cover that in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. God had it all figured out before, long before we were ever born, didn't he? He had it all figured out, he had our problems already figured out. And I think one of the reasons that, that any of us as human beings have difficulties and problems is because we just, don't, we just don't go to the Lord. We just don't go to the Lord. We look to other people. We look to other things. We look at, within ourselves, you know. But the psalmist of old, he said this. He says, I will look unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord. I will look to the Lord. Praise God. Now, you may not know what to do or how to handle situations in the natural. Hey, listen, I, I can't tell you how many times I have been in situations where I was standing there and like, I have no idea how I'm going to handle this or what I'm going to do in this situation. But yet, deep on the inside, the answer is there. Now, like the Lord said, he said, the epicenter of all of God's activities is in the born-again human spirit. So, we have to look and see, okay... God's going to talk to me. God's going to communicate to me, which he does. How's he going to do that? He's going to do it from the inside out. He's going to do it from your spirit, man. Praise God. I think one of the reasons why it's easier to hear God in the, the, the early hours of the day is because we're not, our mind hasn't had enough time to really wake up, you know, but yet your spirit is, you know, your spirit never sleeps. Now your brain does. It sleeps. You physically sleep. But your spirit man, the real you, doesn't sleep. Hallelujah. And your spirit is active. But especially that part of the morning, in the wee hours of the morning, you, it's easier to distinguish what the Lord is trying to tell you. Amen? There are times uh, uh, all night long, I mean, if I'm up in the middle of the night, I'm not just laying there staring at the ceiling. I'm having a conversation within my, my spirit. I'm not even moving my lips but I'm having a conversation with the Lord. Have you ever done that before? Sometimes I'll ask him questions and I'll just lay there and all of a sudden the answer comes. Glory to God. Boy, it doesn't get any more exciting than that. To hear from heaven, to hear from the Lord. And he gives you answers in line with his word. And so uh, there's some, uh, let's do this real quick. Let's go to uh, couple of scriptures here uh, just to set a foundation here. Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7 and verse 22. How many of you know you have an 
You have an outward man and you have an inward man. Correct? The body that we're all familiar with, your body, we see each other, we see each other's physical bodies, we look at each other. But we're more than just the body. Actually, the real us is a spiritual being. Okay? The real us is a spiritual being. But in Romans chapter 7, the Apostle Paul says this in verse 22. For I delight in the law of God after the what? Say inward man. Inward man. man. Now go over to, you're right there, just go next door to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and then verse 16. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 16. Now Paul, of course, wrote Romans. He wrote Corinthians as well. But notice that in Romans he says, I delight in the law of God after the what? Inward man. But in 2 Corinthians 4.16 says, For this cause we faint not, though our outward man perish. That's the physical body. In other words, getting older. He said, Yet our inward man is renewed day by day. So notice outward man, inward man. Right? Natural man, spiritual man. You are a spirit. We know that. We've said that before. But I think... I'll be honest with you, if, someone's going to, if someone becomes a Christian, I think one of the most important subjects that anybody could ever learn is spirit, soul, and body. I think it's so important. Now, science has come along and you know, they, they can't find the spirit, so they call it the subconscious mind because they can't see it. And they're so limited in their understanding. But Paul said, though our outward man is getting older, that's no mystery. He said, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Now, 1 Peter chapter 3, you can turn there if you'd like or just look on the screen. But 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 4. Now, we saw what Paul said about the inward man, the outward man, and so forth, the hid man. Now, look at Peter's description of the spirit of man. He said in verse 4, but let it be the hidden man of the heart. Notice that phrase, the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which in the sight of God is a great price. Glory to God. Say, hidden man of the heart. Now this is all talking, you know, Paul said the the inward man, hidden man of the heart, said a little bit differently, but it's all talking about the the real you. Praise God. You're going to see over in, in, in the book of Proverbs that says that a strong spirit of a man will sustain him even in bodily weakness. The strong spirit of a man will sustain him or her in times of bodily weakness. What's that, what, what's that about? What does that mean? Well, your spirit, if your spirit, the real you, if your spirit man is strong... You can handle any adversity in the natural because the spirit man in you will say, mm, no. But let me put it to you this way. There's all the quit is in your head. There's no quit in your spirit. Do you ever feel like quitting? Do you ever feel like giving up? Do you ever feel like caving in? Do you ever feel like throwing the towel in? That's all saying the same thing. That's a rest. That's in a boxing term. Throw the towel and give up. Your body wants sometimes to quit. You want to give up, say, ah, oh, I'm tired of trying. I've failed so many times. I, I, I just can't keep doing this again. Let me tell you something. All the quit is in your head. But in your spirit, man, where God lives, he does not quit. Praise God. 
He does not know how to give up. He does not know how to quit. And he will talk you into victory. Thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. And makes manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. Praise God. Let's go to, uh, over here to John. I'm going to kind of jump around here, but in John chapter 7. Let's go over there to John chapter 7. Wanted to kind of lay that foundation about the inward man, you know, the hidden man of the heart, the real you, the spirit. That's where God communicates from. That's where his headquarters are there inside of you. Praise God. Somebody said it like, use this phrase, become God inside minded. You can become flesh conscious. Natural conscious, people conscious. Some people are just flat unconscious. But then you become God conscious. That's what we want to focus on as believers, to become God conscious in every aspect, in every difficult, every place in life that we face. Praise God. Because uh, if we look to the Lord and we look to Him, I guarantee you, his, his help is already on the way. His help is there for us. Praise God. Notice that John, John says in John 7, verse 37 and 38. That's John chapter 7, verse 37. It says, now Jesus is talking. He says, on that last day, the great day, the feast, Jesus stood up and cried saying, if any man thirst... Now, he wasn't just whispering this. He cried out, if any man thirst, <laughs> he says, let him come unto me and think. Oh, that means we need to do less thinking and more drinking. Amen. He said, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. But you see, educated people say, well, we need to think this through. He go, Jesus said, just come and take a drink. Amen. And it's a, to drink from the Holy Ghost, from the wells of salvation. Praise God. That's what we need to be drinking from that, not from the natural stuff. We need to be drinking from the wells of salvation. Praise the Lord. There's so much help there. He says, He that believeth on me, verse 38, the scripture hath said, Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Whoa. Now the Amplified said, Out of his innermost being. Out of his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. Say innermost being. Innermost. Praise God. Out of his belly. It's interesting he uses that phrase belly. Because, you know, God lives in us. He doesn't live in our stomach. But it, that just means <laughs> that he's in our, the core, the heart. Now, when you refer, man's spirit is called the heart of man, okay? Now, that's not talking about your blood pump. But it's actually the core, the center, okay? Just like, you know, if you're discussing a matter, you say this is the heart of the matter, or a tree has the heart of the tree, the center of the tree, the heart of the matter. And when we talk about the heart, we're talking about the center of man, the center, the activity, the epicenter. Where God lives, where He's able to communicate with us. Praise God. One thing I've uh, learned 
I'm always going to be learning. I never stop learning. I never stop growing. I never reach a cap. I never reach a ceiling in my walk with God because there's always more room. Amen. How many of you know a million years from now when we're in heaven, there's still new things God's going to be showing us? <laughs> that in the ages to come, he might show us the exceeding wealth of his richness and his kindness and his love towards us. Praise God. Even in millennials from now. Glory to God. But I'll tell you, the Spirit of God knows how to communicate to us and knows how to talk us out of defeat into victory. Hallelujah. Let me put it to you this way. The Holy Ghost is extremely positive. And He believes in you. God believes in every single one of you. I say He believes in every single... Even if you think you failed and messed up, that doesn't matter. He still believes in you. And He's invested everything that He has. Now, in the natural, if you're going to invest in a company or something like that, and you put every dollar that you have into that company, then you... You pretty much must believe in that company, right? God invested everything in you and me. And he is not about, I mean, he, he went to the jumping off point. There's no turning back. Okay? And he believes in you. And even when you don't believe in you, he still believes in you. Hallelujah. There's probably a few of us here that have messed up more than once with the same thing. Okay? And, you know, you tried, you, know, you failed, you tried, you failed, you know, and you feel like giving up on life. You feel like giving up on yourself. But I'll tell you, God still stand there. Come on, just walk with me. I'm going to help you. I'm not there to knock you down. I'm not there to condemn you. I'm here to lift you up. Okay? You know, that's, that's what, that's, I believe, one of the biggest things, one of the greatest things that, that people need is they need people. People in the earth need other people that can believe in them regardless of what they're going through. And sometimes you may not have all the magic words. Sometimes I run short of words when it comes to helping other people. The one thing I do know is to say, you know what, no matter what you're going through, I am for you. I'm not against you. I am here for you. I love you. I am here for you. And I'm not about to give up on you. And sometimes that can sp speak more than volumes because that's the way God looks at us. Okay? Man, I'm telling you, you can look at friends and family members like that through the eyes of God's grace and God's love. God is not about to give up on people. We shouldn't give up on people. Okay? When was the last time you messed up and the Lord came to you and said, you know what, you've blown it too many times, forget it, I'm moving on. <laughs> Has he ever done that? No, he hasn't. He hasn't. Amen? The Bible even says in John, if our hearts condemn us, God is even greater than our hearts. Sometimes we condemn ourselves. Oh, I messed up. I didn't do what I was supposed to do. My promises, Lord, I told you I was going to do this and I didn't do it. And we condemn ourselves. God says, I'm not about to give up on you. Why would you give up on you? Hallelujah. I tell you, the greatest revelation you can have is, yes, Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. God, God loves you. He's not ever about to give up on you. He has invested everything in you. Praise God. Everything. When I first got saved, there were certain things. I got saved as a teenager in 1976. And there were certain things that I dealt with that I was able to overcome quickly. 
okay? Because the Spirit of God working on the inside of me. And, um, and I get to God, I give the glory. But yet there was other things that t- took me some time to get over. One of the biggest things I had to get over was the fear of, 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 of the, the sin of worry and fear. Okay? Because I, gr- I grew up in a household where, especially on my mother, my mother, she's not like that now. She's, praise God, saved, filled with the Holy Ghost and sanctified. Amen? <laughs> and she's walking with God. She's always reaching out to people, leading them to the Lord and stuff like that. But back in those early years, she was a world champion worrier. Okay? And man, I'm telling you, she would worry about everything. She would talk about it. She would communicate it. Why? Her mother and her grandmother were like that too. So it was a taught, it was a learnt behavior. Okay? And so there's some things that, that are learnt behaviors that, that come from our, our family tree. You know what I mean? <laughs> People talk about their family tree when all they've produced is a bunch of nuts. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, you know, but the, you know, none of us came out of a perfect environment. None of us. They're all, there's deficiencies in every family. You can sometimes look at a family and say, well, my God, they have it so together. Look at them. They're the perfect picture of a family, but you don't know what goes on behind the scenes. You don't know what's happening. You don't know what they're dealing with. And sometimes you're like, God, I didn't know they were going through that. That shocked me. That surprised me. Okay? But I, I, I'm telling you, we got to get our roots deeper. Mm. A tree will get its roots deep, 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 deep in Christ. That's where our roots need to be because when we face adversity, especially something that's persistent, something that keeps boom, boom, keeps being persistent, coming, knocking at your door, a problem, a difficulty, especially when it comes to another person, okay? To a certain degree, you have power over yourself to change certain things, but when it comes to another person that's in your family, sometimes that's the most difficult thing because you don't have, you can't jump in their body and make them change and do something different, right? If you could, you would, right? <laughs> but you can't, okay? We're free moral agents. We're free moral agents. But we can certainly make the atmosphere a lot more attainable by just doing what God tells us to do. Praise God. I was, uh, last few days ago, I was overcome. Anxiety started to hit me in some areas, you know, and I mean, like it hits all of us, you know. I mean, whoa, it just hit me like a freight train, you know, going through a tunnel. And, uh, and I said, honey, I'm going to go pray right now. <laughs> We're going to go pray right now. And I tell you, I just went down in my little office down in my basement and I sat there I just stayed down there and prayed in the spirit talked to God fellowship of God prayed in the Holy Ghost until I had breakthrough glory to God until the rivers of water started coming up in me and all of a sudden the thing that was coming against my mind see fear and worry come against your mind your thinking all of a sudden it was like just flew away it's like I ain't afraid I'm not afraid of a challenge. Amen. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Hallelujah. The greater one lives on the inside of me. He will put me over in life. He will put me over in my family. He'll put me over in ministry. He'll put me over in the financial realm. He'll put me over in my physical body. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And you can school yourself into victory. You're not psyching yourself up mentally. You're not just kind of going through the motions. I mean, what do you think David did? He encouraged himself in the Lord his God. The people spake of stoning him. 
because things weren't going their way. The enemy came in and stole their kids and their wives and so forth and ransacked what they had. And now they turned on David, their faithful leader and pastor, and they said, you're the reason, you're the blame. And they talked about stoning David, taking him out. But the Bible says David went apart from the people and he went and he encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Now that's Old Testament. Old Covenant. My God, if David could encourage himself in the Lord his God, how much more can we encourage ourselves with the encourager, the Holy Ghost that lives on the inside of us? Amen. Amen. Nobody can be depressed or downtrodden without thinking on wrong things. Satan's arsenal is limited to the thought realm. The Bible talks about fiery darts of the wicked one in Ephesians chapter 6. You know, we picture this physical thing. It's not physical. It's spiritual in the form of a thought. Why are people, why are men and women depressed? We've all dealt with that, okay? It's because we've allowed a fiery dart of the wicked one to enter into our mind and to think on it and to meditate on it, okay? Now listen, you can't keep bad thoughts from coming your way. You can't help that. But you can certainly have control whether you're going to receive that and meditate on that and set up a tent and think about it day and night, right? We always use the phrase, you know, you can't keep birds from flying over your head. Little Tweety bird flies over your head. But you certainly have power if that bird lands on your head and starts building a nest in your hair. Right? You have control over that. And the most, the most holy saint or precious believer you can think of from time to time has bad thoughts that come their way that their hearts regret. But it's knowing where the thoughts are coming from. I have bad thoughts come to me like you have bad thoughts come to you negative thoughts, but I've learned to, t- to train myself and school myself. That's not my thought. Amen? Amen. I mean, it's funny because right now we're sitting in, a, in the path or the, of the, the Pittsburgh International Airport and there's planes constantly, if you go out there, flying over this, uh, this uh, complex right here, right? Do you ever see that? Mm-hmm. Constantly. You even lose track of it. Okay? And uh, you don't think twice about it, but that's, well, that's the way we need to treat thoughts. They can come, just let it pass over. It's going to land somewhere else, but not on you. Amen? And that's the way thoughts are. Thoughts can come and they're in the form of fear. Now, how do you know? Man, I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. How do you know when the devil's talking to you? Does he appear to you in a red suit? Pitchfork? Horns? Like the cartoons say? Well, let me put it more simply. He comes, he's more subtle, but he comes in the form of a thought, of discouraging thoughts. Discourager. The devil is a discourager. You thought you heard from the Lord? Look at nothing's happened to you. You pretty thing, you. Sound like the wicked witch of the north. <laughs> pretty thing, you. Isn't <laughs> so she said something like that? And the devil's like that. He will come and say, you're, you're not going to make it. You don't have what it takes. You don't have enough faith. You haven't prayed long enough. How do you know, Brother Keith? Because I've been there. I know. I'm telling you, you can pray 
I remember one time, and I always refer to Brother Hagin because he's my spiritual father in the faith, you know. He said one time he prayed for like two hours in the spirit. He said the devil came to him. I don't know if some of you might remember this. The devil came to him in the form of a thought and said, you just wasted two hours of your time. Does anybody remember that story? Do you remember that, Lisa? Okay, never. He said the devil came to him. He said, he said, he put the thought, you just wasted, he was pastoring at that time. This is back in the 40s, okay? He said, you just wasted two hours of your time. You could have been out reaching out to people and counseling people and helping people. The devil said, you just wasted two hours of your life, okay, of your time. He said, all right, Mr. Devil. I like his persistence. We have to be persistent. He said, just because you said that, I'm going to pray another hour. So he gets down there. He's walking around his church. No one's in there except him and God. And he said, I'm going to pray in tongues for another hour. After the third hour of praying in the spirit, the devil said again, you just wasted another time, period of time. All you got is a dry mouth and a dry tongue. He said, all right, Mr. Devil. He said, because you just lied to me again, I'm going to get on pray. He ended up praying like almost five hours in the spirit that day. He was persistent. But oh, I mean to tell you, the devil's like, bam, bam, just hitting his head, saying, you're wasting your time. Give it up. This is, this is a bunch of hogwash. You're wasting your time praying in tongues. And he said, almost, he said almost on the fifth hour, he said he hit a gusher. He said, now in the Texas, they had oil wells, okay, like the Beverly Hillbillies. He struck black gold. Remember the Beverly Hillbillies? <laughs> I love some of those reruns. They're, they're hilarious. You know, those old shows. There's nothing like those old shows, I'll tell you. Black gold, you know. And, and uh, he, said, I, he said, I hit a spiritual gusher. He says, he says, my God, the Lord came to me and said there's going to come a revival of divine healing by the end of World War II. And it hadn't hit yet. And the Lord showed him, you just prayed that thing into existence. And you know, that whole revival that took place of the, the healing revival that was 11 years long, tent revivals. I believe Brother Hagin uh, gave birth to that by praying in the spirit. No wonder the devil was fighting tooth and toenail to try to keep him from praying like that. Okay? Now, have you ever prayed in the spirit and you think, man, I've been praying for an hour and it's only been 10 minutes? <laughs> Oh, it's been only five minutes. Are you kidding me? You know? But you can get to the point. You can get to the point because what good is it praying in the Spirit if you don't understand it? Well, here's the thing. There's a lot of languages. I was just talking to, tried to talk to someone this morning. They had one of those little dogs that with the, uh, what do they call them? Uh, it's like a service dog. had like a, like a vest on you. Cutest little thing. It was out there, you know? They didn't speak English. And I said, what kind of a dog was it? And she kind of wrote it down and, you know, she couldn't talk. You know what I mean? There's a lot of languages that are out there. I don't understand it, but it's still a real language. I've heard Chinese. I've heard Japanese. I've heard Portuguese. I've heard Italian. I don't know how many languages there are. I've heard a lot of different languages. I know especially when we would go to Florida in Disneyland or Disney World, there was people from all over the world there, and I'd, you would constantly be hearing other, uh, you know, people from other languages. I never once thought, that's not a legit language. That's not a real language. Just because I didn't understand it. They were communicating. There was two or three of them. They're communicating back and forth. 
I was clueless as to what they were saying. Okay? Well, the Bible says, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue doesn't speak to men, but unto God. Albeit in the spirit, he speaks divine secrets. Mm. Has anybody here ever tuned into a radio station before? You ever do that in your car, at your home? And I remember when I was growing up, my dad had a transistor radio. And it was in the bathroom. He always kept it in the bathroom. Little trans, I don't even know if they have those things anymore. A little transistor radio. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? And every once in a while, I'd try to tune into a sports event or someone I was a kid growing up, you know. And, and sometimes you could barely get on the edge of it. It was kind of staticky. You could hear it, but then it would fade in and out. But then you would home in on the, like the, the exact number, and then it would come in crystal clear. Now, sometimes we're, we're trying to home in. Lord, what are you saying? You're kind of picking up a little bit, a little bit. But then you can, you can fine-tune it, and you can get right into the heart of what heaven is broadcasting. And that's when you pray in the Spirit, and you pray in other tongues. Oh, that's why the devil hates the prayer language so bad. That's why he fights it tooth and toenail to try to keep people and say, well, tongues are of the devil. There's tongues don't belong for us today. I didn't plan on talking about this today, but that's all right. But this is the original spirit channel. Not being spooky, but just being real. Amen. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue doesn't speak to men, but he speaks to God. Now, here's the thing. When you're on spirit channel, now that's not weird, flaky. That's just praying in the spirit. Paul says, I pray with the spirit, and I'll pray with the understanding. He said that in 1 Corinthians 14. He says, what is it then? I'll pray with the Spirit. Why don't we go there, Josh? I think it's 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 15. Now, I haven't digressed from our subject here. We're still talking about, you know, uh, um, how to function from the inner man. How to function from the inner man. 1 Corinthians... Yeah, the Apostle Paul said this. He says, what is it then? I will pray with the Spirit. Now, what's that mean? Other tongues. I will pray with the Spirit and I will pray with the understanding also. What's that? Your native language. Okay. Notice he goes on to say, I will also, no, back up a little bit there. I will sing with the Spirit. What is that? Tongues. And I will sing with the understanding also, that's your native language, okay? Now, something I want to bring out here. The Apostle Paul told the church at Corinth, he says, I thank God, God I speak in tongues more than you all. <laughs> Sounds like he's from Atlanta. He said, I speak in tongues more than y'all, okay? That's what the King James says. Now, he, he did correct some things with the church of Corinth because there were, there were times the, the preacher was up preaching and all of a sudden somebody interrupted him while he was preaching and started speaking in tongues. And that's, there's, a, there's, there's a right way and there's a wrong way to handle those things. You see what I'm saying? The Holy Ghost is not going to interrupt himself. Okay? And he had to correct some things. They had some things out of order, you know. And, and uh, matter of fact, when Paul said, this is interesting, he said, or told Timothy, says, women, keep silent in the church. <laughs> How many of you know that's put a lot of people in bondage? In other words, women, just shut up. You don't have a voice in this place. You know what I'm saying? That is not what he's saying. Okay? 
what would happen back in those days, and it's still to some degree over in that part of the country in the Far East, um, in Jesus, in biblical times, in the Apostle Paul, the women would sit on one side of the congregation and the men would sit on the other side of the congregation. And while the guy was preaching, ministering the Word of God, if the wife had a question, she would interrupt the service and ask her husband, What does that mean, Sam? <laughs> And so you can understand that would interrupt the service, right? That's why Paul said, he said, he said, keep silent in the church. If you have questions, let them ask at home. It's the setting. He's not telling them, women, shut up. You don't have a place. Amen. I mean, I'll tell you what. Thank God for Holy Ghost women. We got a bunch here. Amen. I don't know what half the churches would do without the Holy Ghost filled women. I'm telling you, they would fold in a split. But I thank God. For this church, for the women that are in this church that are Holy Ghost on fire for Jesus. How many of you are those are those women? I'm telling you, Jesus needs, I'm telling you, if you look at the women in the New Testament, you're going to find out they're the first ones at the resurrection site. I mean, they're the first here, the first there. I mean, it's still that way today. Praise God. It's terrible that there are some denominations and some people that have come out against women and put them in their place. Let me tell you something. Women can be prophetess. They can be prophets, they can be pastors, they can be teachers, they can be evangelists. Amen? They can stand in the fivefold ministry like anybody else. Praise God. There's neither male nor female in Christ. Scripture says that. So, uh, well, getting back to that scripture right there. What time is it here? Okay. I'm losing track of time here. <laughs> Praise God. Aren't you glad you pressed in to come today? Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. A little snow ain't going to hold us back, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. A little bit of ice ain't going to hold us back. We're going for it. Amen. Going for the gold. Thank you. But, but Paul says, now was he just writing this to take up space to make more chapters in the New Testament? No. There's a reason why he said this. What is it then, brother? He says, I'll pray with the Spirit then I'll pray with the understanding. He is teaching us how to function from the inside out. Now notice he doesn't say, I'll pray with the understanding first, and secondly, I'll pray with the Spirit. He went on to say, I'll pray with the Spirit, or I'll sing with the Spirit, and then I'll sing with the understanding. Now notice the order. Spirit, understanding. Okay? So a lot of people put it in opposite, in reverse. They'll say, let's just do it in the natural. All everything is natural, natural, natural. And this is why there's been such an onslaught of attack against spirit-filled ministries and churches throughout the world because that is where the power of God resides. Ah, we don't need that tongues anymore. We don't need that. Well, apparently the Apostle Paul thought we needed it. Jesus thought we needed it. He told his disciples... He goes, don't even think about leaving the upper room until you're baptized with the Holy Ghost. He commanded them, don't depart from Jerusalem. That was the initial outpouring of the Spirit. He says, don't even think about leaving that place until you're endued with power from on high. <laughs> Amen? How many were in the upper room? 120, right? Well... There's another scripture that says when Jesus first told them to not leave Jerusalem but to wait for the promise of the Father, he was speaking to over 500 brethren at one time. 
there should have been in the upper room over, over 500 bodies in the upper room. Do you know that room is still there? The initial upper room where they had the Last Supper, same room, and where the initial outpouring of the Holy Ghost was. You can look it up. The upper room is still there. It's been there a couple thousand years. Okay? Where they were the initial outpouring, where it all started back upstream, had to be a beginning, right? That's where it came. There was 120 people in the upper room. There literally should have been 500 plus people there because when Jesus appeared to them and said, go wait and tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high in Luke chapter 24, what happened to the 380 some odd people that weren't there? Hmm. I guess they didn't take it real serious. Jesus didn't. I, I suggest that you go wait in the upper room. He said he commanded them, go, you be there. <laughs> imagine the disappointment if you were one of the people he told, he told that to and all of a sudden you missed out on the initial, on the charter class of the outpouring of the Holy Ghost? Say amen. And when they were in the upper room, they got baptized with the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 1. Oh, glory to God. And they waited for the, the outpouring. of the, They tarried there because the Holy Ghost hadn't come yet. He's getting ready to come. The day of Pentecost came. God decides to send his spirit on a, on a national, international holiday, Pentecost. And there's people from all over the place. Other nations were there in Jerusalem. And the Lord poured out his spirit in the midst of that. Praise God. That's kind of like in Pittsburgh. They have the Pittsburgh Arts Festival. Right? Every summer. And you get a lot of people that go down there for that. And God decides he's going to have, there's going to be a move of God in Pittsburgh. We're going to pour it out right in the middle of the Pittsburgh Arts Festival when there's a bunch of people down there. And that's what God loves to demonstrate himself, all right? Now, in closing here, notice that Paul says, I will pray with the Spirit, then I'll pray with the understanding. I'll sing with the Spirit, then I'll sing with the understanding. There's times I'd grab my guitar and I would, before the Lord, I'd start singing in tongues, playing the different chords for a couple of minutes or something, for example. Then all of a sudden, here comes words in English flowing, just, just, just flowing up out of my spirit. All of a sudden, I put words to it and I start singing what I just prayed, what I sang in the spirit. Amen? Now, I kind of wanted to leave you with this here today because... I think if you don't keep something before you, you can lose it. As, as, you know, I think we would all say we're born again, spirit-filled believers, right? But how many of us, and I say this because we, we can look at ourselves, but how many of us really practice the, uh, the power of the prayer language that God has given to us? I mean, fluently practice. To say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take some time every day and I'm going to pray in other tongues. So here's the problem. A lot of people look, they, they think the only time they pray in tongues is in a crisis. You know, something happened, your car blew up or something, you know, and something happened, you're like, you know, your kid just got temporarily demon possessed. Okay, and we start praying in tongues. <laughs> That's good. But why can't we just pray in the spirit when everything is good? Right? 
Everything's good, no pain in your body. Everything is just hunky-dory, as they say. And you're just going along. And you're and I can do this because you understand. You're, you're not unlearned. You understand this. But to pray in the Spirit. And those, Jesus said, out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. Rivers. Say rivers. He didn't say a trickle. He said rivers. Praise the Lord. Out of your belly, out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, your spirit, your inner man, is alive to God. Your spirit is, today is alive to God. Now, your body might be trying to fall asleep sometimes, right? We've all been there. <laughs> but your inner man, is always alert and always awake. And so, you can pray in the Spirit. You know, you are the custodian of that language. God, you have the ability to start and to stop anytime you want. You don't have to wait for some goosebump or some special feeling, you know, before you speak in other tongues or pray in the Spirit. You can choose. You can choose and you can make an, a decision to say, I'm going to take five minutes right now by the time I drive down the street and get to this destination, you know, it takes five minutes, I'm going to pray in the Spirit. Hallelujah. And so you do that. You begin to do that. Now, when you're doing that, guess what's, what's going to happen is your spirit man is already active. Okay? What good is it to say, well, I spoke in tongues back in 1984, but I haven't done much speaking since. That's a shame because you could have been benefiting all those years. But I'll tell you what, we as smart, believing Christians, we need to seize the opportunity to be able to pray in the Spirit. Paul says, I'll pray with the Spirit and I'll pray with the understanding. I remember some years ago when I was an assistant pastor in a particular church and uh, I had a lot of people were coming up to us and needed prayer for this and that thing, you know, and and um, and praise God, we're there for people. That's what we want to pray for people. But I, I, the Lord showed me something that He kind of put the brakes on me a little bit because I was too quick to pray in English for people when they would come up to me. Now, of course, if somebody is unlearned in those things, I don't speak in tongues in front of them. You understand what I mean? If they don't understand, I'm not going to freak them out. Okay. But if they're, if they're learned, Paul says when you, you give thanks over your food, when you, you give thanks well when you pray in the Spirit. But he said if there's unlearned people there, I just pray in my language. All right? He said, Paul said that. He said you can pray over your food in other tongues. But he said if there's someone present there that doesn't understand that, don't do that. They won't, that'll freak them out. But if you're there in your house, you know, and you're praying over your food, you can look at that piece of meat there and say, Shambro kalama shilaba karabakasa, shulama karamaksa. Hallelujah. Just, just you and the Lord. You just sanctified that piece of beef or whatever it is right there. You just sanctified it with the Word of God. And so I, I would rush because I wanted to help people, but I would hurry and I would pray for people in English over things. And it's not that the prayers were bad and wrong. But he kind of put the brakes on me. He said, just back up. Slow down. 
Pastor Keith. Slow down, Brother Keith. He said, if they're in a situation where they're, they're born again and they're spirit-filled, I would ask them, I said, would you mind for a minute if I just, we just take time and just pray in the spirit a little bit? Just, there's nobody else around, just me and them. Oh, sure, Brother Keith, go ahead and do that. And so they're, they're asking me a certain question. They have a problem. They're dealing with an issue, okay? There's only so many problems that people have anyway. It's all, it's all relative, right? People have relationship problems, financial problems, all kind of different problems, but it's no surprise to God. So make a long story short, I would grab their hands and I said, let's just take a minute and pray. Sometimes it'd be 30 seconds or less. I would just grab them and say, Sobra le prestiquito sama. Now, at first, I wasn't sure what I was going to say to them. I didn't know. I was kind of scrambling. But when I prayed in the Spirit, I was homing in, praise God, to get more clarity what the Holy Ghost wanted to say to them, listen to this, in order to help them. In order to help them. God is in the helping business, and he wants to help people. The land, God doesn't do anything haphazardly. He doesn't do anything to waste someone's time. He does things for a purpose, for an end result. It's like a tool. You know, if you're a plumber, you've got certain tools to do your job. If you're an electrician, you've got certain tools to do your particular job. As believers, we have the spiritual tools of praying in the spirit to help us pray effectively and to get the understanding of what we need to pray. So that being said, I would pray sometimes maybe a minute or less, usually like a minute. And then all of a sudden, as I'm praying in the Spirit, I get a picture, a thought, a, an impression. And so when that came, I would say, and I would administer what I just got in my spirit, that's a form of interpretation. Tongues and interpretation of tongues, right? And you just interpreted what the Spirit of God was showing you in your spirit. Now, that's something that we practice, okay? You don't arrive overnight, but you, you practice that, okay? Now, I'm not suggesting you run up to the next person and start prophesying over them. I'm not, we're not talking about that. that there's so, so much abuse in that area, okay? But I'm talking about prophesying to yourself, <laughs> Okay, speaking to yourself. So many people have been led astray through the years by wrong words and wrong prophecies over them, you know, and they just went and sold everything and did certain things because uh, they prophesied over me. Well, listen, if you don't got it in your spirit, first and foremost, throw it away. Put it on a shelf. Through the years, we've had some things happen and people said some things to us and they meant well. You know what I mean? But I've seen people, I've seen lives destroyed because of something that they took and abused it and tried to control other people. Yes. Prophecy is not meant to control other people. Okay? I'm not going to do that to anybody. <laughs> you have a spirit and you can hear from God. But, however, uh, prophecy, New Testament prophecy, should confirm what you already have in your spirit. Should already confirm. Amen? So, uh, but I think we're going to park there today, praise the Lord. We'll call it quits here for today, but begin to, to just operate. How do you operate out of your spirit? Begin to pray in the spirit. Now, I will say this. If you're a believer, 
that you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit and spoken a heavenly language, um, maybe you haven't received it yet. But after the service is over, after we dismiss, you are more than welcome to come up to my wife or myself and, uh, and we'll take you aside privately and pray with you to receive that language. And you can get that flow and that river working on the inside of you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you today. Thank you for the gift of the Holy Ghost. We're not ashamed of the Holy Spirit, Father. We are not ashamed of the moving of the Spirit of the Holy Ghost in this church, Father. We embrace, we embrace the move of God in our spirits, the working, the inner workings of the Holy Ghost. For the river will brost of reed mangre de stevete. My river will brost of re kitaro moso brovando, and will pull up those that are brost of re kadasavrando. So don't be broke de stevendo. Do brost of rete, for my glory will brost of freedom, 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 and more freedom, freedom, freedom. Yes. There's a river, as I said, there's a river, a mighty river, yes, rivers, that abide on the inside of your spirit. And as you yield to me, saith the Lord, out of, those, out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. For it is said in my word that the banks of the Jordan overflow in times of harvest. Mm -hmm. And so I want your rivers to overflow on the inside of you. Don't just take a little don't just take a little dab here and a little dab there, but take all that I have for you, saith the Lord. Praise the Lord. Ha, ha, ha. For don't break a safrebete, and you will brost afraid de caloboto. For my glory will brost afraid de kete, and my freedom will come in and brost afraid de geste. For deliverance will brost afraid de destabonde, and the minds will be proprocivre de cadasta, and will be cast down into brovas de keto. All the help that you need, saith the Lord. All the help that you could ever want, need, or desire is all already on the inside of you. For I am the great helper, and I reside on the inside of you. And as you pray in the language that I've given you from heaven, saith the Lord, rivers, rivers will break down strongholds and bondages, and the yoke of bondage shall be destroyed because you've prayed in that heavenly language. Do not be surprised if the enemy of your soul has tried to discourage you in this area. For you see, it is a supernatural language from heaven that I've given to you to operate in as you will. And as you operate in that language, you will see the supernatural, yoke-destroying, burden-removing power of God. Remove those obstacles from before you, for there is nothing, there is no obstacle that shall stand in your way. There is no problem too big that my spirit in you cannot overcome. So yield yourself to me, and you'll be refreshed saith the Lord. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
So look in bro sifri de balo dote. In my healing will bro redi reber reno sarsiv rede crobon da da and it will go there and there and there and there and you won't bro stefre te kato. You won't bro stefre de kato for my broca sif romaka de safe for healing will broca sande de de and healing will flow and flow and flow and flow. Yes, did not I say in my word that this is the rest, this is the refreshing, for with stammering lips and another tongue will I speak unto my people, but not all would hear it. But yet there are people here today that will hear what I have to say. And as you yield yourself to that language that I've given to you, you'll rise up on the inside. The greater one will rise up bigger and bigger and bigger, and it'll affect your thinking, it'll affect your mind, it'll affect the strength that you have to operate in now. For you'll not be left to your own devices. You'll not be left to your own strength. For my strength will register inside your spirit and you'll begin to operate and you'll begin to function on a greater anointing, on a greater degree than you've ever known before. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 So don't worry, bro vede sevre deca. E my grodia so rabale stile. E grota sa gode. E nai do bro vande savro molti. Brete, brete, a brete. So brota sam bro veca sando. E brota si cada gode. E I will grota sivre de ste. E brota sivre receive and receive and receive. You got the interpretation. Yes. Oh, oh, for you will see my presence in a mighty way. And those things that have troubled you will float away. It will float yes. far, 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 far from you. And you'll see how much my compassion and my mercy will undergird you and uphold you and uplift you and strengthen you and bring you everything that you need and you desire. Oh, so tap into my presence and tap into my anointing. You will see a great refreshing, a great yes, anointing, yes. a great change right on the horizon. Oh, so get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready for my presence in a mighty way. Oh, we welcome Hallelujah. that. We welcome Hallelujah. that, Lord. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. We welcome that, Lord. Hallelujah. We welcome that today, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, it's no surprise to me that um, as we were sharing about the baptism of the Spirit flowing in, the, in this area, that the Lord wouldn't want to, de why wouldn't He want to demonstrate that today? Okay? And the New Testament um, talks about tongues and interpretation of tongues. And that's, that's why it's not premeditated. It's not something you think about beforehand. It's a spontaneous thing. Now, that's what's, that's what's going to happen to all of us, you'll get impressions and things that will come to you as you're, you're praying in the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. Did you notice that the Bible says, He that speaketh in unto, that when you prophesied, you speak unto men edification, exhortation, and comfort. And I, I'll have to go back and hear the tape myself because it's so spontaneous, but I believe that everything God said there was encouraging. Amen. It was encouraging. It wasn't putting you down, you bunch of, bunch of rats. You know what I mean? The Lord wasn't saying that. He was saying, here's what I see how you can function, how you can operate. Amen? You got something? Yeah, I just, um, man, 
I just want to encourage you with praying in the spirit because it is so powerful. I, I don't know. I can't get away from this one situation that happened years ago. We were living in Texas. And, um, man, I, this is before we had kids. And I just shot up in bed. I said, Keith, my mom's life is in danger. Yeah. It was in the middle of the night. Yeah. You know? And so to make a long story short, we prayed till we had some kind of a breakthrough, but it was like in the middle of the night. And I didn't know this till like a couple of days later. My mom fell as one dead in the, down the steps, and I won't give you all the details, but I believe she was dead. Right. Oh. Yeah, and, and then I talked to my one family member. It was not a good situation, but she, I believe God raised her from the dead yes, that night. Yeah, you know, because yeah. I, I even told you, I said, it's my mom. It, something's happened. Yeah. You know, but that's that's what happened is and it, we prayed her out of death that night. Yes. I'm convinced of it because she yeah. fell on the steps and my one sister was there. And the time that we were praying was the time that that happened right. to my mom, right. you know. So right. uh, there's just so many situations that, that I've had happen like that. So mm-hmm. you all are sensitive. Sometimes you'll just be going along and you have a heaviness. You don't necessarily have to pray. Sometimes I ask people to pray because it's so heavy, yes. you know. But uh, yeah. but it, it just take a few minutes and start praying in the spirit. Yeah. You'd be surprised how things amen. can turn around. Amen. And it's absolutely amen. amazing. Yes, so, amen. To God be the glory. That's right. That's right. Amen. Yeah, so the Holy Spirit can alert you sometimes because he's all-knowing. He knows everything that's going on. And um, even though you mentally may not know, but you'll pick up sometimes and you just... You just pray that till you get a note of victory. Praise God. Some of this stuff that we shared this morning is more of the meat that I believe you can handle it. Amen. Amen. Praise God.